Welcome to a new episode of The Art of the Suit. I am Dawn Kletzko, Brand Builder Coach. As with many of my podcasts, the subject matter feeds off a situation that I've been finding myself in or one of my coaching clients has shared with me. And it's resonated so strongly with me that I feel it has value in, in, in turn, sharing it with you. So here it is. Today, I'm going to be talking about self-motivation. In my language, in a down-to-earth version of that, I prefer the theme of how to kick your own butt and feel good about it. So who should be paying close attention to this podcast? Perhaps like me, you're a, what shall we call it, solopreneur? It's just you, it's your gig, it's you driving the business, it's you doing the admin, finding new business leads. That's a huge amount of pressure on a daily basis. Or perhaps you're a leader in an organization. You may be as high up the ladder as the CEO or a team leader. What is that pressure point? That person stepping into the workplace on a daily basis, having to motivate and drive themselves for their own performance. And not only that, but there's a whole group of people, full eyes on that individual expecting to be motivated and driven themselves? Or are you one of the millions who have joined this new movement, the Great Resignation? Those people that, primarily driven by the experience of the pandemic, have made lifestyle choices and stepped out of the security the structure of the corporate environment and have decided to do it for themselves. They're not completely alone. The world of freelancers, from writers to art directors to voiceovers to comedians, has been around for some time. But now that individuality has extended far more broadly. So for that last group, The reality of stepping into your own space and finding how to compensate for the absence of somebody prescribing and telling you what to do or having expectations of you is a new reality. What I intend doing in this episode is to unpack a little bit more about what is motivation. It's a very interesting field. Uh, We presume that we understand motivation and self-motivation. But it's actually quite complex. It's more than just having the mojo. It's more than feeling energized. And sometimes the absence of motivation or the ability to deliver is written off in our own heads as being part of fatigue, not enjoying the work. But the reality is that we have to pay the bills at the end of the day and we need to deliver. So I want to unpack what is motivation, some insight. I'm going to share some of my own experience. So even though I have decades of working experience and I have the ongoing training from a coaching perspective and research and papers that I read, 
I had to delve uh, quite deeply into my own motivators, what motivates me. And then I'm fortunate to have regular conversations with quite a comprehensive group of colleagues, uh, friends, and all of us on the same space of having to drive ourselves as well as sustain ongoing learning, remaining at the competitive edge. And I'll share some insights where we've compared notes. And I would like to share with you some of the techniques that we use, not all of us consistently, but to different degrees, based on our individual profiles and what works best. So stand by, have a pen and paper ready, and make some notes and get ready to reflect on how well you kick your own butt on a daily basis. One of the most often quoted reasons or motivations behind people stepping out of employment and being ready to do it for themselves is their belief, whether it's reality or merely self-perception, that they are particularly talented and they have what it takes to make a go of things for themselves. Well, that's great, but talent is certainly not enough. I do an enormous amount of reading from research papers to newsletters, blogs, and of course, the wide array of wonderful books that I surround myself with. These wonderful researchers and authors take a different perspective, each have their own lens. But I get particularly excited when a commonality, a trend, or a, a common philosophy emerges from these works. In particular, I enjoyed what Angela Duckworth in her book Grit, uh, Why Passion and Resilience Are the Secrets to Success, what Angela advocated. I quote from her book, I would add that skill is not the same thing as achievement either. Without effort, your talent is nothing more than your unmet potential. Without effort, your skill is nothing more than what you could have done but didn't. With effort, talent becomes skill, and at the very same time, effort makes skill productive. So this is really about being productive, about driving yourself. How do you put that effort in? Where's your grit? What gives you grit? How do you sustain delivery and innovation, creativity, ideation on a daily basis? I will share some of the techniques and processes that I use that certainly have helped me build up my level of grit and determination. But before we get on to that, just reflect on yourself for a moment. In your own head, be honest. Do you clearly understand what motivates you? What is it that drives you? And be, be absolutely truthful. Was it that you got fired? Was it that you were just exhausted? That you had a boss from hell? What are your motivators? I thought that I had quite a good grasp and understanding of my own motivators. After all, 
I've been in the entrepreneurial field for decades with a comfortable degree of success. And I love the work that I do. So I've never really had cause to pause and reflect. However, I was fortunate enough to meet a wonderful woman, a fellow coaching colleague, Kate Turner, who's one of the UK's leading experts in motivation. Uh, Kate has a company called motivationalleadership.co.uk. I'll put the link into uh, the write-up on this podcast. And uh, she trains others and practices and helps people understand their motivation through something called motivational maps. And I had my own personal profile, my motivational map drawn up. It's a very interesting area exercise. They, they look at three areas. They look at whether your growth is your primary motivation, achievement, and relationships. So broadly speaking, in the executive summary area, they will look at those three areas, the cluster analysis, to see what your dominant drivers are. So for me, one of my strongest drivers and motivations is growth. I look for personal ongoing growth. So the nature of the work that I do and what motivates me and sustains me is that I need a sense of growth. So that is fed by constant learning, by engaging with people, doing courses, with communities that stimulate my growth. Uh, secondly, achievement. So I know that by nature, I'm very competitive. I need to have a sense of achievement. It's not accolades or measurement from others. I'm a self-driver. But in my own mind, I therefore know that it's very important for me to benchmark and establish measurements of achievement and have milestones so that I can feed into my own head what level of achievement I'm, I'm getting to. The relationship side is not that I don't value relationships. Obviously, as a coach, it's all about relationships. And if you are offering a service out in the marketplace, once again, it's about establishing relationships. But the work that I do and what they help me to understand is the nature of what drives me is not about building friends and influencing people or popularity. That is a low driver for me. So one of the other aspects of interest in understanding my motivators and having this motivational mapping done is that I could see where my needs are being met and the areas that have less influence in my day-to-day -day motivation. But if I ignore those motivators, then that could be an opportunity missed. So what I need to focus a little bit more on is acknowledgement, looking for recognition, building up and celebrating the relationships that I create. And then they go into descriptors uh, to capture, to draw up this mental picture of who you are. So for example, the as a primary motivator, as the searcher, it's very purposeful, feedback orientated, and quality critical. So there were many, both personality and behavioral aspects that came out of the motivational map that helped me frame 
the drivers and enable me to ensure that I protect those and I meet those needs on a daily basis. Aristotle, one of the greatest philosophers that has ever lived, advocated that true wisdom begins with knowledge of yourself. I'm fortunate that in the position that I'm in as a coach and all of the coaching instruments that I'm exposed to, the very first candidate that I practice on is myself. So I obviously have a perspective, multifaceted lens reflection of myself. I think that this is the best starting point for you in looking at your motivation. People hate the concept of establishing goals or targets, but if you don't know what you're aiming for in terms of the true essence of what you're striving to achieve, then how are you going to know? What will the motivator be? How are you going to get that sense of fulfillment on a daily basis to drive you to do greater, to do more? When challenged, so many of my coaching clients have stated making huge amounts of money or financial independence as their driving motivation or goal. I think that's a great byproduct, but trust me from what I've seen is that monetary reward is insufficient to keep that level of growth, evolution, sustained competitiveness alive. So take the time, get a profile done, Understand what your true motivators are, even if you just allocate some of your precious time to go and sit on a rock staring at the horizon somewhere and think about what it is that when you reach it, you'll have a sense of satisfaction on a daily basis. With that as the backdrop, what I'd now like to do, as promised, is share some of the techniques and insights that I've gathered. These are disciplines that I use to keep my own motivation going on a daily basis. These are my butt kickers. Some of them may not appeal to you, but take the principle to heart and then find your own version or what you can tolerate, what you prepare to negotiate with yourself on and use those to help sustain you. The first discipline for me is that I make quite aggressive use of my diary and my timer. Yeah, this may sound pretty old-fashioned, but it's all digital. So I spend most of my time in front of my computer and certainly in the last two years, even more time. So it's wonderful to block off. It's a great technique, very healthy for you to block off prescribed time in your calendar, even including your personal time. So the reason that I do that is that with many of my clients, they have uh, specified access to my diary and have the freedom to book sessions with me when it suits them. What I need to therefore do is protect my personal time, my productivity time, where I need pauses, where I just want to do other things that keep me stimulated and excited, whether it's reading or studying. 
So I have this wonderful array of colors and I have areas blocked off in my calendar. And these constant reminders that pop up, it's just a little gentle ding, you can choose your sound effects, are a nice way to encourage you to get your head out of that hole that you had dived down and look around, take a breath, give your brain the chance to focus on something else. You may ignore the reminder and you may end up in a situation where your personal time has gone out of the window for that day. It's still a great discipline. The reason that I use my timer aside from the calendar is because I understand my own algorithms. I understand that if I focus for too long, too intensely on something, I'm likely to get quite fatigued. I, my cycle is roughly a 45-minute cycle, so I use my timer to once again just give me a little prompt to look up, take a break, step away from the computer for a while. So give that technique a try and see how it works for you. One of the other techniques that I use, and this is based on neuroscience. For those that know me, you'll know that I'm a neuroscience groupie. My favorite organ is the brain, and I know for a fact, and the neuroscience give me all the material that I need to argue, that we don't tap in anywhere close to the potential of our wonderful personal supercomputers. So a technique that you should include on a daily basis is to walk. Take a walk. So when you've scheduled that break, get away from your desk and go for a walk. It Neurologically, it stimulates your brain. It actually, there are numerous papers. I've just read one from the New York Times referencing one of the latest studies that proves that walking on a regular basis actually stimulates the growth of gray matter or white matter if you want to start getting technical, more so than any other sport or activity. So getting up, walking away from your desk, going for a walk of between 15 minutes to 30 minutes, see what you can afford to do, will do wonders for you. It's almost like meditation. You'll be able to come back and that problem, that block you were having before you took your break, will miraculously resolve itself. It's actually not a miracle. It's not the universe tapping into you, unless you believe that. It's actually the stimulation of a whole lot of neural pathways and releasing some wonderful brain energy that will be extremely beneficial to you. So take a walk. Even if you're in an office block, go down 10 flights of stairs. Come back up again. Besides the deep breathing that it will encourage, the neural connections beneath your feet will be doing wonderful things throughout your body. Next, give your eyes a break. I don't know about you, but I sometimes feel as if my computer has burnt into my eyeballs. And I'm very aware of the lighting that I have in my home office uh, but what's really important is to give your eyes a break. So I have quite a wonderful collection. I have a genre of TED Talks that are my favorites. I have got so many audiobooks. I think I'm about five audiobooks behind. But 
I give my eyes a break. And to for a lot of us, especially if it's your own gig, you feel quite guilty about being unproductive. I certainly do. So at least if I'm stepping away from the computer or the project that I was working on or the meeting that I was in when I've concluded that, I feel less guilty if I move away and rest my eyes by listening to something for a change. It focuses uh, the stimulation of other areas of your brain, and depending on the material you select, it'll be a nice refresher. So that was the third piece of advice. Firstly, your diary, using your timer, taking a walk. Thirdly, giving your eyes a break. My second to last piece of advice is avoid social media. This is more about a a technique to avoid demotivation. You've read so much about the importance of taking a break from social media, from time spent lost in your phone. That's why so many of the smartphones today will give you, whether you like it or not, auto reports on how much time you engaged with your phone. So were you getting lost in that vortex or not? But for me, it's a different uh, incentive, a different motivation. There is so much on social media platforms that is untrue. And when you're in your own space, when you're trying to motivate yourself on a daily basis, you cannot help but notice those people that you know or maybe don't directly know who just seem to be doing so well. They appear to have that perfect life and you have the habit of looking at that and it's quite human for you to respond by thinking, why not me? What are they doing? Look how gorgeous, look how popular, look how successful, look at the gigs that they've got. They're so wonderful, I don't have it. You start questioning yourself and start questioning that very talent that you believe that you had when you set out on this avenue as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur. So don't believe half of what you see. There's no harm in projecting a public image or a persona that is slightly ahead of the curve of where you really are. But I promise you, I know so many individuals where I know quite intimately how they're doing, what their self-perceptions are, where they are on the success ladder. And I promise you that their social media persona is a good 30% ahead of the reality. So do yourself a favor, be very selective about what you're consuming on social media. And the moment that you start feeling that regret or envy monster gurgling up, well, easy enough, switch off the phone, step away, give your eyes a break, take a walk, and then get back on to the work that is really important to you. My final piece of advice is to approach self-motivation by design rather than coincidence. Yes, we have things that drive us. We feel the passion. As I've said in The Art of the Suit, for me, passion is fabulous and comes into play when you need a little booster to get you through a down period or to bounce back from 
a failure or to increase your resilience. But think about passion. Think about moments when you've been in a state of passion in life. Inevitably, it can get you into trouble and land up with achy breaky heart. So try your very best at understanding yourself better, stepping away from your self-belief, and get an objective view, whether you use a coach, whether you use instruments, but try and get perspective and sketch out a map, sketch out a plan of what you would like to achieve. By when? Is it on your own? Who do you need to help you? Who should collaborate with you? And write it down. That plan, that story is going to be a wonderful ally. In particular, in those tough times, you'll be able to pull it up and revisit what that vision was, what was driving you, what were your motivators, and what was the general plan. Today, it's all about agility. So you may well have to redesign. You may well have to replan. Don't be afraid to do that. Think of this as creating, designing your own virtual boss. Isn't that wonderful? The perfect motivator, something that you can reference on a daily basis and has one goal in sight, that is to make you feel wonderful and ensure that you are highly successful in the space that you're in. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and the insights that I've shared. I'd love to connect with you, so visit my website, theartofthesuit.com, and drop me a line. Let me know some of the techniques, what you use to motivate yourself. I would love to share those gems with other people that are struggling with this challenge. Until we connect again, I'd like to just thank you for making the time in your diary to give your eyes a break, use your ears, and I hope that this has helped you set out a clearer path to do good and be great.